Welcome to Talking Tokyo ZA by Hockey, the podcast. It's it's a surreal uh, Sunday afternoon as uh, South Africans gathered around their televisions, their computers, wherever they watch uh, the, the games and gathered together and grew immense pride at a performance of Gareth Ewing's South African hockey men. A, a pulsating test match, an end-to-end game that really was a game that we could have ended up as the victors. Ultimately, a few missed opportunities and maybe a little bit more, uh, uh, what is the word, collective calmness under pressure by the, the Dutch, uh, the differing factor. But remember, Netherlands, South Africa haven't beaten them in, in many years, if ever. The last four meetings, a cumulative score of 24-3. The odds were stacked against Springs' men and they came up firing. And ultimately, it ended in defeat but uh yeah you, you you probably have a heart that is very full right now but also a heart that is a bit sad because you know we had the opportunity and we didn't get there of course you're not going to listen to me talk about the game you're going to uh listen to my esteemed guests and uh joining me today is uh, triple olympian kate woods we have a uh, former national captain select damons and one of the, the greater team of South African trainers for the uh, uh, SA women's hockey team. And of course, uh, half of the men, half of the team behind inside pool. And, uh, you know, the accolades could carry on. A man who loves his hockey, Michael Baker. Ladies and gents, thank you for joining me. Kate, we'll go straight to you. What a game of hockey. Karen, what a game. Oh my goodness, my nerves, I think, are still shot. Um, I'm jumping up and down in the lounge here, screaming 3-0 against the Dutch. Who would have thought just 10 minutes in? It was truly, truly amazing. You know, the, the word that comes to mind for me, watching our lads play that first half specifically, um, is fearless. They played with confidence. They just played with conviction. They were fearless and they just, they didn't stop. You know, it was almost like they were surprised. They were scoring goal after goal after goal. They sort of found their rhythm. And it, it was unfortunate that the Dutch, you know, came back like they did. I think they, they're pure class and they've obviously got experience, um, a really quality outfit. So, so coming back, unfortunately, not a point taken from the match, which is what I'm heart sore about because my goodness, did they deserve it. Yeah. And uh, bringing you in their bikes. I mean, I, th- I think you know you could you could almost describe our emotions right now as proudly disappointed. Yeah, ta. Uh, I mean, as I was saying earlier, I mean, when last have you? I mean, like really celebrated a goal or hit the couch? You know, when we've conceded a goal, watching our, our national men, uh, and it was that. I mean, I remember when we scored the third. I literally ran around the lounge. I mean, as if I was supporting Man United. Um, and when last have been able to do that in one of our national men's hockey games? It was it was absolutely incredible. And then just the class of the Dutch. I mean, you see it come through towards the end and they walk away with the three points. Yeah, and and sure. I, I, there was a lot of action to digest, but before we go into the specifics, uh, so let's... Uh, you know, you've been there, you've played the big nations, uh, you've played with that underdog tag on your back. I mean, the South African men did not look like underdogs. They did not look like they were fearful of their opponents, as, as Kate has said. They came out all guns blazing. And 
yeah, it was a real, real moment of South African character shining through. Um, yeah, Tyron, uh, I agree with you. We definitely uh, didn't look like the underdogs coming into that game. Uh, like Kate si- said, it was really fearless. It was a goosebump, a dream half uh, for the South African men. Um, it's just unfortunate that uh, we didn't get a point out of it. Um, I think we really deserved at least a point, but they showed some pure class and it was really, really exciting to watch. So, I mean, let's, let's, let's get into the action. South Africa started the game fairly early, very early. One minute, 20 seconds in. Mustafa Kassim picks up the ball, creates a little bit of space by using a, his body to open up space, gets into maybe a step in the wrong direction than you would have thought as he created space but narrowed his angle. And, uh, you know, you, you, you're firing down on the European goalkeeper of the tournament in, in Perman Block, uh, and he finished from a cute angle now. All of us in South Africa who have watched hockey know that this kid is talented. But Mustafa Kassim has just done it on the biggest stage against one of the biggest teams. Talk us through that goal, uh, Kate. Uh, you know, what What happened? What, what do you think about uh, young Mustafa Kassim who just matriculated? Uh, no, that's, that's unbelievable. I thought he was electric throughout the entire game. Um, both Kasims, actually, I thought they contributed enormously. And you know what I what I loved about that first game is, you know, fancy being, you know, right on the baseline against the Dutch in that position one minute 20 in. He, he was cool and composed. You know, he stopped, he lifted the ball. You know, anyone else could have uh, panicked <laughs> and rushed it. Um, and he he was really, really composed. And I, I loved that. Just cool, calm and collected and, and netted the ball. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, sorry, Tyron, you, you can also see there, um, that's where his indoor skill came in. Um, he's also a very good indoor player. And just with that, a little bit of space that he had, uh, you could see the, the indoor skill coming through there. I lost my mute button there. Abs- absolutely uh, one of the signing stars in the, the African Indoor Cup recently, along with his brother. And it was his brother who added the second bakes. I mean, talk us through that. And obviously... A very special moment there, seeing Billy and Tilly turning down a 50% chance of goal to rather give Diane a 90% chance of goal. Yeah, I mean, geez, Diane was, I mean, great the whole game. I think if we could have kept uh, Mustafa and Diane for 60 minutes, geez, we might have won that game uh, 6-5. I mean, every time they went off, you kind of like, no, put them back on. Um I mean, he really was, he was absolutely incredible today. Um, and that goal, Billy, when he got the ball, thought, yeah, we guys hit the backhand. And a great pass by him to Diane to finish it. And we could have seen Diane return the favor a little bit later on. Um, but I mean, we can talk about that later. Eh? <laughs> well, well, let's talk about it now because uh, later on in the game, I mean, we got to, uh, the Dutch had pulled it back to 3-3. You know, and, and in truth, the momentum of the game had fully shifted in their direction. They were the dominant side. They were holding position. They were creating circle penetrations. They were winning short corners. And and in fairness, uh, you know, it, it just looked like a matter of time. How big a goal could that have been had Diane finished that? Yeah, I think the momentum had shifted. Like you said, uh, we scored that 4-3. All of a sudden, the Dutch goes, geez, we, we actually, we're not back in this. Um, 
and yeah, and who knows? We keep applying pressure and score another one from there. I mean, can you imagine if we had scored a fourth after absorbing all that pressure and conceding three goals? I mean, what would it have done to us as a team? Um, you know, we could have gone on and probably scored maybe one more or two more from there. Um, yeah, for me, that was a that was a big moment. I remember sitting and watching going, gee, if we score one, yeah, it's going to be a different game. And there the chance came and, yeah, we didn't score it, eh? Um, yeah, Bakes, uh, it would have been actually interesting to see what that fourth goal would have done for us. I really think it could have been actually a turning point and who knows, um, we could have scored maybe a fifth one after that. Yeah. Well, well, you know, I, I was talking to a few people on a group that we're all part of and, and we won't mention any names now, but a, a point early on when we were 3-0 up was uh, we can't take the foot off the pedal. Kate, do you think we did? Sure. I definitely think there was a moment where momentum swung uh, to, to the Dutch favour and, you know, they we were defending hard. And I, what I, I didn't like was I just felt we gave them too much room. We just sort of took a step back and let them run at us. Now, they are European champions and, and medalists for a reason. And um, I, I did feel like, you know, the first half, very attacking, um, very positive, like positive play. And, and I felt there was a moment that turned where we kind of sat back and, and knew that they'd come, of us, come at us and we kind of waited for that to happen. So I would have loved to have seen us close, it, close them down a bit more and, and step outside the D, outside the 25 to break them down earlier. Um, so I did feel there was um, a shift in momentum, you know, to be expected that they're going to come back and fight. But um, I felt, felt like we maybe, you know, let the door open um, maybe a bit much. Yeah, and, I, and I've heard, I mean, people say, you know, it was, it was always partly because the Dutch weren't on top of their game. But I think that comes from us putting that pressure on early and almost not showing respect, which led to them making a couple of unforced errors. Um, and then, like you said, the minute we stopped putting that pressure, it almost became easy for them and they started to get easy circle entries and easy chances. So I yeah, think, too many shorties. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and it's an interesting, Kate, because you brought that up, too many shorties. I mean, at what point there do the experienced players, and, and if you look at the shorties, a lot of them came simply because we allowed the circle uh, pen, uh, penetration exactly. to happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. at what point does an experienced player grab each other and say, look, guys, let's make sure we're getting out of the D. You know, where does the responsibility yeah. lie? Is it the coaching staff with the quarters now? Is it is it an experienced player? Is it Rassi pushing his team up, you know? Or almost is it a yeah. mentality that needed to shift? No, I, I mean, I think tricky, and I, I don't know the game plan, so I, I wouldn't want to interfere with the, with some, <laughs> some coaching advice here. But but definitely those kind of calls can be made on the field, no doubt. Um, you know, the, the sort of the tight five at the back, um, that's that's sort of your, you know, your 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 tight circle, and and they can call call strikers, midfielders back to say break down early, you know, and almost just push the whole defense sort of up a notch. I just felt like we we just sat back and let them run at us too far, um, and it was and and that's where you know I think it, it cost us in that last twenty five. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think um, that could have happened on the field a bit more, like vocal, a bit more verbal to, to push us up and, and sort of contain and, and a tighter defensive unit. I, I think would have would have certainly helped. I mean, Rassi had some fantastic saves, uh, really, really quality defense from him. Um, unlucky, you know, one or two goals. I think were were quite unlucky. Um, but also like a moment, I think going back to the three three scoreline. 
what for me, you know, felt like a shift in momentum towards in the Dutch favor. But then when they missed that, that penalty stroke, and then I think it was straight after that, that we had that 2v1 chance with the keeper. And, you know, that was those, those moments shift the, the, the momentum straight back in our favor. Um, unfortunately, we didn't capitalize, but I think we had another breakaway and another opportunity like directly after. So we, we did have these moments in the second half of, of really sort of taking it back to them. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I, think, I think overall we, we sat back and, and let them come at us too much in the second half. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely clear in that first quarter that we were going to bombard, we were going to play the overhead, we were going to use this blistering pace that we had. And also we were going to make sure that when we got in the D, there was always the extra man. And we saw that. We saw that with uh, Diane's goal. We saw that with an absolutely yep. ridiculous finish by Tevin Cock. I mean, uh, Unbelievable. It, it was amazing. A <laughs> <laughs> what a goal. I mean, so let's, yeah. you, you scored some great goals in your life, but as a striker, you would have loved a goal like that. Oh, I would have celebrated <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> I mean, and, and Olympics goals also like obviously one of a striker's dreams to have one day, but uh, that was really phenomenal from uh, Tevin Cock. He was calm, composed. Yeah, and he yeah. smashed it into that net. So it was amazing. Uh, Pure class. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it was the goal of the game, maybe even the goal of the tournament. And then, you know, Netherlands did at least fire one back <laughs> that was yeah. an absolute rocket. I think, yeah. you know, if, if that had gone any faster, if that had, <laughs> if that had hit um, uh, Rassi Peters' helmet, there may very much yeah, have been some damage, to, eh? to Gowan Jones to say, hey, you're, you're in the team yeah. now. I don't even think Russ, you saw that ball coming. <laughs> I, you know, and, and that's not any statements on Russ. I don't think any keyboard has seen that. That, that ball yeah, hit though. the back of the net quicker than anything, anything that's happened. Um, I did feel at that point, you know, I always felt the Netherlands were going to score at some point. They're too good a side. I still felt with one mm. that it wouldn't take the wind out of our sails. And mm. I, I didn't feel like it did, but then they got the second and it was a real goalmouth scramble. There was an opportunity to clear it. I think it was Sam Wimby mm. missed the ball. And of course, it comes just a minute after we get a yellow card. And again, we spoke yeah. about the game against Great Britain. We cannot play top nations with players off the field. I thought our discipline was a lot better today. Uh, less needle, less uh, unnecessary stuff. And, and in fairness... I don't know about you guys, but I saw two players pushing each other there, not one player pushing the other. Yeah. And it could very well have been a yellow card both ways, but it's the risk you take when you put your hands on somebody in the game of hockey. Yeah, I thought the call uh, from from the third umpire was, uh, this was interesting. It took a long time for him to decide. But also, you know, I think particularly uh, there was a lot of argy-bargy and there was some holding, I'll be very honest. However, I don't think it would have affected the play at all. You know, they both kind of jumped, let the, the, the ball, you know, travel underneath them. It, it wasn't going to affect the outcome at all. And, and it, I felt like it was a bit from both sides. So harsh call, I thought. Yeah, and, and you know, moments like that can, can change the game. Of course, we then had a, a penalty strike that uh, was, was eagerly debated. But uh, John Wright, uh, five-time Olympian, did confirm it was the correct decision. And, and none of us are going to mm. argue with him. Uh, but then, obviously, a great moment for us. And, and I almost thought, like, uh, Kate, you already brought it up, but 
almost thought there was a moment there. I think Jeff Bezos was in more trouble flying to space from that Hertzberg uh, uh, flick than, <laughs> than Rossi was. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't believe you, that coming from such an experienced player at that moment. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I definitely wanted to watch Hertzberg at TV to see what he says about that. But <laughs> <laughs> do you know moments like that can change a game? And again, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I felt like potentially there was an opportunity for us to swing momentum back in our, our favor. Mm. And we didn't really, not at that point, at least. Well, I think, I think this is why we, we, yeah, we, I mean, we're all kind of happy, but we, we disappointed. It was almost, I mean, when I saw, when I saw him miss that, I mean, they don't, he doesn't miss, he doesn't miss strokes. I just said, guys, we're going to freaking win this. It's, it's the only thing mm. that came to my mind was, like the stars are aligning here. Like everything is falling yeah. in place. We are going to win this game. Um, and I don't know. You kind of felt that kind of the whole time until obviously it's four minutes to go and the Dutch just kind of slowed the game down. Um, yeah, that moment was exactly that. Um, when you missed that, I just walked away going, guys, we are going to win this. Um, yeah. I had the same feeling. Absolutely. I thought that this, this was a moment that doesn't normally happen and, and we must capitalize. So yeah, sure, frustrating. Hey, but what a game! Yeah, yeah. No, I also had the same feeling. I thought that was now a booster for us. Um, it also, like uh, Bag said, like this everything was going for us. Um, but I also think that maybe a match fitness uh, towards the end came into play. I know we haven't played a lot of international games, and I think you could also see that towards the end. It's a fantastic point that lit well, because uh, you know it's it's twenty months we've played a couple of games against Namibia and in the CTM showdown against the under twenty ones. I mean, we're playing against the European champions who played in front of a packed crowd in Holland less than a month ago against Germany, Belgium, France. I mean, mm. you know they're playing against uh, you know at, at the European Championships. It's eight teams of which uh, seven are in the top twelve in the world. Oh, we managed to play Namibia, and and please, the, like for Namibian fans listening, this is not a disrespect, but just the difference in in preparation is massive. Um, and again, you put all of these things that are stacked against us for a game like this. Netherlands have essentially a professional league, the only one really that there is in their country. They're a country that completely backs it. They have the money to to uh, pay players' contracts. They have a centralized program. They uh, have amazing turf time. They're part of the, uh, the the hockey. The what do you call it? And listen to me. I can't even think of the tournament. The the, the Premier League, the Pro the League, Pro League, the Pro, Pro League. League. Thank you, thank you. The Pro League. <laughs> they uh, they are the European champions. And in that time, South Africa have played Namibia and SA under twenty one. So you look yeah, at that level of intensity here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and so. You know, I think with what we've got, we we do incredibly well. But there's a little part yeah, of you that it. feels like there was an opportunity here to do more than just incredibly well. You know, like tell what, like I'm, I'm obviously we we I mean we're South African. We 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 want to win no matter what we do in our situation. So we obviously go yes, we could have won that one. But like, I, I really hope people are kind of watching and going, let's invest in the sport. I mean, I'd love to get. Stats and go the amount of money invested in our leader compared to you know the, the Dutch team you know and professional players that are actually earning money where our guys had two camps 
you know, for a couple of weeks and off we go to, to the Olympics. Um, like, and we've gone and competed with the best in the world. You know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we kind of drive off of this, you know, something needs to happen. Something needs to kick started. And I'm hoping today's game has, I don't know, caught the attention of, of key people. Yeah, that was so exciting. Honestly, I, I just feel like I, I know there's no remarks column. <laughs> it's just the scoreline, but jeepers, there are so many comments coming out of that game. And for young aspiring hockey players to watch this action, to watch us against the best in the world and, and show brilliance like this, it's just there's so much optimism. And if we could just um, you know get a quality sort of investment behind our program, wow, I think we could do do wonders. Honestly, there's such raw talent and there's such belief and there's such resilience um, shown by our players that it always just gives me goosebumps watching them go out there. You know, it, it's very easy to be an armchair critic. It's very easy. Um, but but to actually just start to compare journeys and, and the odds that are always stacked up against us and to see a, a performance like that, a gutsy performance like that, it's, it's, it's remarkable. Remarkable. And, um, what, what, Go for it. Oh, sorry, I, I just want to say what was also amaz um, amazing to see is that the youngsters putting up their hands and stepping up. So it's great to see that um, the future of Esa Hockey, it's there, but we just need that backing. Yeah, and, and honestly, I mean, I'm involved in the in the schoolboy system. I mean, we have got some exceptional talent coming through. Um, it's crazy, the boys that are that are coming through. It's just, you finish school, you know, if you're lucky, you go to varsity, but what else is happening for, for the men in our country, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and the women, you know, if you don't go overseas, I mean, how, how do we compete? Um, because the pipeline's there. Schoolboy hockey at the moment is, is incredible. Um, yeah, so I'm really hoping something can happen from here. I mean, as a, as a national player, what do you do after school? You play club hockey and you go to two practices a week and cool, go compete with Holland, you know? Um, yeah, I really hope something happens after this, eh? I, I don't doubt that something could. And, and you know, obviously we, we're talking about a program that uh, Gareth Ewing has uh, done a, a tremendous job about. And hopefully this is a program that is now not seen that right at the end of the Olympics. It's time, time to change things up. And maybe the fact that the World Cup is only 18 months away instead of the normal 24, 30 months away means that we can really take this momentum and carry it. We know we're going to be part of the uh, FI Nations League, which offers you eventually a chance to join the Pro League. Uh, you know, so we, we've got that chance. We're going to have that opportunity. And I really do think that Gareth Ewing and, and his management team have shown now that they deserve the backing of corporate South Africa, of SA Hockey, and, and given them an opportunity to go and work over the next four years towards... Uh, Paris in 2024 and what's to say if we don't give these guys our support both financially and time and and you know maybe it's a case of collaborating with schools to to have a central program here but uh, what's to say that they don't go and ruffle more feathers than they did today in Paris and and you know when when we're talking about South Africa causing an upset it's not to go 3-0 up it's to end 3-0 up and that's obviously where we all want to be as fans as well yeah. that was me on my soapbox 
hundred <laughs> percent. It doesn't get easier from here, though. Hey, um, so I just hope that there's there's so many positives um, and strengths coming out of today that will carry them into the next game. Obviously, Belgium having beaten Holland three one in the in the first game, um, we've got to rest the legs, um, ice bath as much as we can because boy, on Tuesday we've got another belter. Yeah, absolutely. But before we go to Tuesday, of course, our ladies are back in action and hopefully uh, Pam's yes. team are able to look at today, look at Tatiana Skunwaker making an yes. Olympic record, getting inspired by that, looking at, Christi- uh, at uh, Ashley Moorman Passio competing in the marathon race, finishing 13th, yes. but in medal contention right till the end. And looking at the SA yeah. men, underdogs competing and, and can take some inspiration from that because their performance was a bit flat against Ireland. They're going to have to raise it against the Olympic champions. Sula, let's go with you first. Yeah, most definitely. Um, they're going to have to come out firing tomorrow because, I mean, um, both teams are going to come out wanting to earn a point or win the game because to still stay in, in the tournament. And I think it's, it's going to be a tough game tomorrow because, uh, like you said, Great Britain, uh, the reigning champs, winning gold in Rio, so they would obviously want to retain that. It's not going to be hard for us, but it's, it's possible given the history that we've uh, played against Great Britain. It's either it goes our way or their way. So it's, it's, it's doable. Yeah, and uh, I mean, GB lost to Germany today, so they're going to come out firing. Um, so it's definitely not going to be an easy one. Um, but again, as you said, I, I just—it's crazy that we're asking for, it, but I just hope we see a bit of a bit of purpose from us. It was almost like we were just kind of on the field against Ireland. Um, you know, just go and take the game to GB. You know, we've got nothing to lose. Um, I'm hoping we see a bit of that tomorrow. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, Ty, you called it, though. I think drawing inspiration from the performances they've seen today, that is the beauty of the Olympic Games, is that you're not there alone in your sporting code. It's not just about your team. You're part of a, a bigger team, you know, multiple sports um, and, and your whole country. And believe me, when, when someone is winning or setting records or a performance, a gutty performance like the men showed, it inspires you. It inspires you and fuels you to go out there and do the same. So I think the nerves are out now, I, I'm hoping. I think it was a bit of a nervy performance. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, sort of the nerves are out. We've got that understanding of that intensity at this level. And tomorrow they've got absolutely nothing to lose. I think GB... You know, I think they, they're scared of us. They're scared of the talent that, that South Africans can bring on any given day. And I think there's, there's nothing more scary. I think Skelk said it last night. Gee, I loved it. He said after the British and Irish Lions, he said there's, there's nothing more scary than a wounded book. And I think that's what our ladies need to, to take, take onto the field tomorrow is go out there and play like nothing to lose and, and yeah, give the Brits a, a good run. Well, there's no reason why we can't do that. Um, you know, Kate and Sully, you've played in major tournaments. Does the fact that we've had an extra day of rest compared to them, because it's, it's pretty hot, does the fact that we've had that extra day of rest, will that play any impact at all in our favour? I don't know what Sula thinks, but I definitely think so. I definitely think so. It's, it's sort of the recovery time, the mental recovery time, just gearing up and, and change, yeah, changing mindsets towards the next game. I think, I think uh, the extra day definitely helps. And especially going back to comparing our journeys versus the competition, um, you know, we, I think we need that. I think we need, we, we're still adjusting to this high pace and this high intensity that every, every rest day counts enormously. 
Um, no, yeah, I agree with Kate. <laughs> uh, a rest day is always good and will definitely uh, work in our favor, especially in the, the weather conditions there. I mean, like with us watching, we can really see how they're dying of the heat over there. And also it plays a big role with uh, the mindset that extra time you get to think everything through, yeah, and just to get ready for the next day. Well, that is the South African woman looking to bounce back off their disappointing display against Ireland where they went down 2-0. Uh, Pumalela Mbanda and Erin uh, at the back were fantastic. Defensively, we really weren't, weren't found wanting. We lacked a bit of creativity going forward. It's going to be tough against a, uh, a GB side who know how to win big games. They've done it before. They've got a, a great defensive structure, lots of experience. But I suppose the one positive about the lack of experience is that we don't have players that almost, uh, they almost don't know how esteemed their opposition is at times. You know, um, you haven't played them. You haven't been in tournaments with them. You walk on the pitch and you see Maddie Hinch and she just looks like another goalkeeper to you. You look at Polly Pern Webb and, and she's not an Olympic gold medal winner. Yeah. Is, is that something that the South Africans could play on that mental side of, of the inexperience, almost, almost having not encountered the opposition before, so no scars of former battles? I think that's a good point. I think, um, you know, hopefully they've, they've done all their homework and they've analysed them, you know, spent many, many sort of minutes and hours looking at their opposition. So I think there's a lot of respect for them going into the game. However, I think you've got a point there in terms of unless it's unless it's really been sort of done to you, you like we shouldn't give them too much respect. Um, and and actually a little bit of ignorance sometimes is is a good thing to go go out there, fair game and um, make them prove, you know, to you how, how how good they are. So yeah, I'm hoping that there's a little bit of a little bit of underdog mentality, but at the same time not affording them too much respect. Absolutely. And of course uh Kate, you will also be watching another sport on the go tomorrow with uh, proudly <laughs> supporting the water polo sides. Yeah, and not tomorrow, actually. Our, our women's um, only play again on, on Wednesday. So they've okay. actually got a four-day break, which, you know, could you could argue is that too long a break, um, you know, to sort of uh, lose momentum. However, yeah, I think it was quite a wake-up call in game one. But history was made. History was made yesterday, the first time that women's water polo have ever been sent to, to the Olympic Games. And this is paving the way for the future. So, you know, they need to remain brave and give it all. They've got nothing to lose this tournament. Um, they're absolutely, you know, I don't think they've played an international in two years. So, you know, with that track record, it's, it's incredibly hard to to compete against the world's best. And I think they've got they've got a really really tough pool. They've all previously been world champions. So yeah, I mean, it's we're gonna it's gonna be incredibly tough every single game. But again, I think it's just absolutely marvelous to pave the way for the sport going forward. And the guys, the guys showed a gutsy performance today against Italy. Also, you know, one of the top ranked teams in the world. And they held them, the first chakra, second chakra, and then kind of the floodgates opened. But again, you see that just like our men, there's talent there, there's raw talents, there's brilliant performance. And it's just about how, how long we can hold um, these, these top international teams. Yeah, so that's uh, the water polo teams. Of course, Kate's husband, Duncan, is uh, there with the water polo, uh, if I'm correct, the water polo woman. He is one of the coaches. He's assisting the women's correct. Yeah, there we go. So, you know, <clears throat> hockey and water polo, yeah, fantastic relationships. Obviously, we've heard from Marcel Keats, um, who was uh, a dual national. Uh, we have also very similar experiences 
in terms of our sports. And it's great to see them there. Our Blitzbocker get underway. Tatiana Skunemarko is back in the pool. Chad Leclerc is there. The SA women take on Great Britain. It's great to be at the Olympics. It's great that the Olympics are happening. And of course, for me specifically, I love that South African hockey is there and they're doing their best to make us proud. Thanks, uh, Kate, Bakes, and Sula for joining me. It's a pleasure chatting about today's game, and I look forward to having more pleasurable chats later in the tournament as we go and ruffle some more feathers. Remember, that is tomorrow. I think it's 11.30 on Supersport Action. That being said, don't quote me on which Supersport channel it is, but it will be on. <laughs> Absolute pleasure, Ty. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much, Ty. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks, Taryn. Thanks, everyone.